but it keeps us in sync. I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. They're like, they're like, well, we don't know how to do a live stream. I'm like, do you do a Zoom? They're like, yeah, every day. I'm like, you know how to do a live broadcast stream. Broadcast your, yeah, broadcast your Zoom live. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, they're like, well, YouTube. It, okay, this is a real conversation I'm having with a friend. I gotta hear this. And and this is this is gonna be good. And so he's. He's like, oh, well, we already paid for the audio. He's doing a big live stream at South... No, okay. He's doing an event at South by Southwest okay. for his company. And he's kind of been pseudo put in charge of this thing for a CEO. So he said, cool, I have tons. I have a decade of experience doing live events, hosting them, moderating panels. I've done the tech side. He's like, yeah, I got this. So he goes into it and he's just getting pushback from his marketing team. Which is kind of funny to me because most of his marketing team is Gen Z mm. and they're pushing back on YouTube Live. I'm like, okay, homies, let me get this straight. <laughs> Y'all think you know more about this space than us old old heads in our 30s. Yep. But suddenly a YouTube Live stream, stream makes you uncomfortable. Make it make sense. Yeah. And they're like, well, it just seems more complicated and it's a lot of steps and nobody ran it by me. And so my buddy's like, it's fine. I'll just talk to Dave because he always hits me up. He's like, Dave is media. So he'll just help me, yeah. which I did. And I showed him, I'm like, look, here's the back end of your YouTube. You just set up a stream key. It's unique. You could even ask your AV guy you hired. So he asked the AV guy. The guy laughed. He's like, that's all you want to do? He's like, this is <laughs> a joke. I could do this blindfolded. Yeah. So in a five-minute phone call, me and my buddy set up the stream key. He's like, well, how do I make a thumbnail? I'm like, you got, you know, art from your team? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's probably 16.9. It's probably 19.20. It's probably perfect. He's like, oh, yeah, here. I'm like, cool. Click, drag, done. He's like, where's my? He's like, oh, there it is. I'm like, this is how easy that mm -hmm. was. All you have to do is give this AV guy access to your YouTube and show him the stream key, and you're done. Done. And it's going to just happen in the background. It's nothing extra. You already got the video stuff and the audio. Why would you not want to run a live stream? Yeah. And why are you getting pushback? This is the easiest thing. It's not like you're putting on some extra production. You're going to want this to go live. And the panelists he has are like famous athletes. Big time. So you're just going to give them the link and they're going to share it. And you're going to get more eyeballs on your live stream than you ever would on a video you record, then it takes a little time to edit and put out after. I was just, I, I'm just a little dumbfounded yeah. that there are still people out there who have jobs, who are working <laughs> in marketing that are intimidated by something like a YouTube live. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you need to know how to do all this out of the gate, but I'm saying that's the wrong mental approach to something is like be solutions oriented. Okay, you don't know about it. That's fine. It clearly my friend knew enough and he knew me. So the point of all this is you gotta trust people, especially people at your own company yeah, come on. to like help you. I just but I'm like, okay, one for the one for the old the old heads. We still know Cheers how to, to use you, all this brother. Stuff. I'll take that one. Cheers. I'll take that dub right yeah. there. It makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. I like that about I don't know job skill yeah. security I have skill security yeah so I just wanted to start off with that it's it's a win for the not so old but not so young guys. I love it dude I love it and I'm excited for today's show because uh a few shows back uh, Dave promised me that he would react to <sighs> ASMR did he did and I want you to dig up the tape because this is something that I have been watching and listening to for years. And the reason that I do that is because it's sometimes it's super difficult for me to get to sleep at night. So I'll find these different uh, ASMR sounds. I think I discovered it actually looking for, you know, either white noise to help me sleep or I think it was like certain sound frequencies to help you sleep. And then the ASMR community just just took over. There's just like role plays and different 
you know, types of sounds and different types of triggers, they call them, and all to get these. I'm yeah. triggered by this conversation already. And I'm, I'm going to promise you it's not, <laughs> not food. not a fan of ASMR. It's not food. Okay. It's, it's not a mukbang, okay. as they say. Oh, I, even that <laughs> word is uncomfortable to hear. It's gross. I couldn't even say it with my mouth. <sighs> I couldn't do it. I don't think I could say the word mukbang on, on, on the air. Like, that's how dirty okay. it sounds. It does. I'm like, what did what did you do? Who who allowed that? So, you know what, what? though. <laughs> Speaking of saying stuff on the air before we get to this ASMR experience, you know from YouTube, I, I was talking about this with you earlier in the week. The update is you can now say the f word after the first seven seconds of any videos and still be green and monetized. Wow. Unless you repetitively swear during your show. So if you're excited. Like, what is it? It's 5.50 into the show. I'm like, what the fuck? Dave! We're good. We're still good, bro. All right. Well. But we got to monitor ourselves. Not, you know, all good things in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. So I just used one. So we in five minutes, you can say you one can't if you want. You can curse in all the time. And you're good at self-editing because <laughs> you're actually on the air with the FCC. So you actually have to pay attention yeah. to that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a video. I could just do a whole ASMR. I'd be like, hey. Are these swear words or not? And just say swear words. I'm, yeah. In seven seconds, I'm going to swear. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to, you know, let one fly here and there, I mean, that's fine. But it's like, yeah. if you can, you know, tell your story and you, and you can do your show without having to curse, then then so be it. And I, I think that that's even, you know, more... Admirable. It's harder yeah. to do. I think it's harder. Eminem, Eminem doesn't agree. Will Smith would agree yeah. with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith, they've got a custodist draft to sell records. Well, I do. So, Kim, you too. So good. So, anyway, you knew it. back to this ASMR. And while, while I'm uh, describing this to you and how I came across this, I want you to look up for yourself, Dave, what it actually means, Okay. I came across. Yeah, I do want to know what it means. I came across we this video. This is around. one of the first ones that I ever found, and it was by this channel at the time called ASMR Requests. And essentially, okay. it's it's oh, called okay, Sudsy Hair Wash and Dry ASMR. So you walk into the salon and you're getting a shampoo. I haven't got one of those in years, but I remember, and it's so it's the best part, right? You fall asleep. I found the definition. Okay. Autonomous sensory meridian response. A term used to describe a tingling, static-like, or goosebumps sensation in response to specific triggering audio or visual stimuli. These sensations are said to spread across the skull or down the back of the neck, and for some, down the spine or limbs. Hey, maybe if you listen to the right ASMR, it'll fix your back. I wish, dude. I've been. I, uh, I'm. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying there's. It's gonna send a signal. And a if tingle. you're an ASMR artist or you know somebody who is, and you can concoct some sort of frequency or trigger that will heal my spine, I will pay you whatever you want for it. Okay. You will be handsomely rewarded. Yep. So again, this is a channel. It was called ASMR Requests. I don't even know if it's an active channel still anymore, but. I'm going to play you some of this, Dave, and I want you to react to it. Make sure your headphones are cranked up, and I want okay. you secure. Uh, watching or hearing this at home uh, to, you know, kind of play along as well. So here we go. Dave's first ever time experiencing ASMR, hopefully. Let's see. Okay, let's go. Okay, and just lean back. How does that feel? Are you comfortable? Okay, good. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to place this nice, soft, fluffy towel. Fluffy, good word, dude. Um, around and behind your neck. Just lift. Dude, it's it's like it's all like right back here. No, it is in the sound space back there. It's doing nothing for me though. Give it a minute, Dave. Gosh. All right, all right. Turn it up slightly. There you go. For me, it's the consonants. <laughs> it's the it's the okay. I can see it's you C's, getting relaxed. It's the K's. It's ah oh, man, I, I'm I'm feeling it right now, Dave. 
feel okay? Yeah. You're supposed to play along, Dave. <laughs> Wait, we won't get oh, right. water on your nice shirt. It is a nice shirt, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go ahead and turn on the sink and get your hair uh, wet down, okay? Are you ready for the water? I'm ready. <laughs> this is awesome. Just let me know about the temperature if it feels too hot or too cool, okay? Of course. That part is relaxing. I like the water. The water. Temperature. Should I saw on your Instagram story, you were filming a, a thunderstorm outside, and I wrote back. I was like, peaceful. Yeah, it was. Peaceful. Be nice. <laughs> You're such a mark for this stuff. I can tell, bro. Just let me know. I, I I gotta be honest. I could do without the voice. I don't need somebody whispering in my ears. It doesn't doesn't work. Is for it me. the like whispering of it that's like, like it. uncomfortable or what? I just don't like a person being that close to my ears. Okay. That is we'll not like my romantic me. partner. My name is Jr. This is Dave, and we're here to talk to you about <laughs> like like yeah. I hate that. I, I if it's not my girlfriend, I don't want somebody doing that to my right. ear. I just. I'm like, I don't know you. Don't be, do I don't know you like <laughs> don't that. Don't be all whispering up in my ears and stuff. Rain sounds though. Yep. Okay. Ambient sound. I like right. that. So there's like audible, you know, frequencies and sounds and different, you know, things that can trigger ASMR. But then there's also visual. Like one of the ones that I, I like to watch is they'll give you like a uh, eye exam and you'll have to, you know, follow the light. Follow the and it's just oh. something about that. So you follow along the role play. Yeah. So Dave's not a fan okay. of ASMR. I still am. I'll always watch it. It helps me sleep. Um, but I promise you, Dave would would uh, react to it. Are you? Do, do you hate it? Do you like? Do you? Are you like in the middle? I don't hate it. I think maybe if I found the right thing, I would be like, ah, maybe it's like a meditation, right? You know, people play like a Zen sound or it's like a bell or the, like like water ring around a cup. I don't know. So I think for me, I need like a more ambient sound. I don't need somebody Not talking people. to me. Don't talk to me. People talk to me enough. I It's too people-y for me. Yeah, I get you. All right. Well, if you're a fan of ASMR like I am, let us know in the comments. Or if you're more so follow on Dave's JR. side. Yeah. Go follow JR because he'll have all the recommendations. Let us know as Just well. fill his inbox. <laughs> Man, well, that did not go the way that I wanted to. Uh, maybe this next one will, though. I wanted to bring up, because at the end of last week's show, I proposed to you WWE conspiracies. And I want I want you to uh, pop up on the screen here, Dave, the believability barometer. All right, that sounds kind of cool to say, right? Double Bs. Double Bs, okay. baby. And uh, z zero to five. We'll keep it small. On how actual, you know, believable these conspiracies are. Are you in? I'm in, dude. I, I'm very excited for this portion of the show. All right. So I've been preparing these all week because I wanted to present them to you and to our audience and let you as well as them decide where on the believability barometer this lands. Here we go. Okay. How many we got? We just got five. Okay. Now our first one, number one. Macho Man Randy Savage had his way with a teenage Stephanie McMahon. What? I guess I have heard. I've only heard that maybe one other time. So let me explain. Legend has it, Macho Man Randy Savage and a 16, maybe 17-year-old Stephanie McMahon had a relationship, allegedly. Yo. Now, the rumor has never been addressed by Stephanie McMahon directly and nor has it been addressed by Randy Savage, who passed away back in 2011. Mm. Now, this rumor, Dave, came up, like, took over the internet in, like, 2004, 2005, that these two allegedly had an affair in 1994, which ultimately led to Macho Man leaving the company and Vince McMahon never having him back. Now, the, the flip side of that 
was at the time, Randy was doing commentary and still wanted to perform in the ring. So he went to work for Ted Turner. So depending on which side of that coin you want to believe, where on the believability barometer do you put this one? I mean, unfortunately, these kind of things have continued to happen and happened obviously way before 1994. Yeah. And we're trying to prevent them from happening but they do positions of power you know it's a it's a power play i would say there's certainly some credibility um i'd say it's i'd give it a three like like this I this could have actually happened you you think i think this could have actually happened i just don't think it did actually happen okay and i think not hearing from stephanie about it there's certainly many reasons to not address it. If it didn't happen, don't even talk about it. Don't bring it up. If it did happen, maybe it's something don't want to talk about or bring up. Right. Maybe it's like, okay, well, this is just stupid. I'm not even going to address this kind of thing. Yeah. Don't give it any oxygen. How do you, you know, put out a fire? Don't let it breathe. To play devil's advocate really quick while doing my research for this, Dave, I came across uh, an article and there were quotes in there from a former relationship that Randy Savage had with this woman. And according to this woman, Randy was high and drunk and whatever other substances they were doing together at the time. And allegedly, he admitted this to her. Whoa. Now, can we take what she says as the God's honest truth? Probably not. But I just wanted to put that out there as well. For my money, I believe this very well could have happened. So I'm going to lean on the the three side, but more towards the I don't buy it. And I don't know how this got started, but I don't I don't buy this ever happening. But could it have, of course. Yeah. Well, that's a way. Well, that's certainly a way to, to kick it off. Yeah. Let's jump into number 2. And number two, All right. Dave, there were two different ultimate warriors. This was a, this is really a conspiracy? Yes. Yeah, so I remember this being a really big one when I was a kid, okay? So back in 1991, it said that the original ultimate warrior died, and he was replaced by an imposter ultimate warrior who was played by Kerry Von Erich. So at this time... The ultimate warrior returns. He's not as muscular. He's not as vascular. His hair looks a little bit different. His paint's a little bit different. So that really sparked the rumors that this isn't the same guy, that the original ultimate warrior passed away, but the character was so popular and so prevalent at the time that they couldn't just mix it. So they brought in another guy to portray him. Now, of course, years and years down the line, Jim Helwig would actually pass away after an incredibly emotional speech on Monday Night Raw after being inducted into the Hall of Fame about every, you know, every warrior eventually breathes his last breath, like bone-chilling stuff. And then for him to pass away on the way to the airport is just super sad. So that obviously discredits this one, but that's not to say that back at the time in 1991 or so, I remember being a young boy and actually believing this. Where do you land? Hmm. Yeah, if I was a kid, I think I would have bought it too. But, uh, I mean, they did that whole stunt with the two Undertakers, like the gray and the purple yep. stirrups. Yep, at SummerSlam. I loved that. That was so, I thought that was so yep. cool. Um, but you think about it, people's bodies change. Uh, as they get older, as they get off the juice, on the Different juice, vitamins, whatever. To maintain those body sizes and types takes so much food, effort, work. Like that routine has to stay the same to maintain the body size. You look at offensive linemen after they retire and they, tr they slim down because they don't need all that extra weight yeah. and they get honestly a lot healthier. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy this. Yeah. It's, I don't buy to it. me, it's a, it's a big zero, but I got to kind of put this one in the context of the time. 
you know, right. where it was very believable, but obviously on the believability barometer, I'm going to give this one a zero, but it's still an interesting theory. It's, you know, I think it's a, that's a fun, that's a fun uh, conspiracy theory. So my third to one. place a wrestler. Yeah. So my third one here, and uh, this is probably the topic within pro wrestling that's been talked about the most. And number three okay. is that the Montreal screw job was one giant publicity stunt. Mm. So you've learned about this, Dave, on the Dark, Dark Side, Side of the, of the Ring. Ring. Incredible series. Those guys do such a good job. So this has been talked about to death, but here's the gist of it. So the Montreal screw job kind of changed the landscape as we knew it in the WWE, probably the single most talked about thing in the industry. And the cliff notes are back in 97, Vince McMahon double crossed then champion Brett, the Hitman Hart. And when Brett was in a submission hold by Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon came down and forced the referee to ring the bell. That way, Bret Hart couldn't leave as champion and he couldn't take the WWE title to Monday Nitro because Bret was set to start working for Turner in WCW. Now, the late Scott Hall, if you remember, in that very dark side of the ring, he, he genuinely believed that this was all a work. The camera guy kind of knew right when to zoom in and right when to switch angles and Vince takes a loogie in his eye for his troubles. And it's like, get in tight, get in tight, get in tight, you know? So right. it's believed in within this, you know, conspiracy theory that this was all one big elaborate work. It was one big elaborate scheme by Vince, Brett, Sean, and those, you know, involved. So the WWE can move forward. So Bret Hart could become a millionaire. And so Shawn Michaels could become champion. And this is still being talked about nearly 30 years later. I, you know what? I think it's still going on. I think it's still a work. You do? Okay. To this day. To this day. I just, I think, look, if your job was not only to perform at a high level physically, but also basically be an actor all the time, mm -hmm. that why couldn't you keep it up for 30 years? Undertaker did it. Yeah, I hear you. So I just think it's very possible. I honestly kind of believe that this is still going on, and I'm going to give it a big five. A five. Oh, my goodness. A five. Okay. Yeah, wrestling community, come at me. All right. I believe it's still going on. Dave's wearing his tinfoil hat today. Let me put mine on really quick here. So <laughs> on the believability barometer, let me explain myself before I give my ranking here. All right. All right. I often on the show tell you how I don't care for conspiracy theories, but the truth is I find them interesting. I find them fun. They're, they're, they're a good time to talk about because the theory is often more interesting than the actual story. Now, where this is interesting is the Montreal Screwjob is a super interesting story. Even just the facts of it are super interesting, right? Even if you weren't a sports or wrestling fan, this is a cool documentary. This is a cool angle. Right. Documentary is the word I was just going to say. You learned about this in Dark Side of the Ring, but if you want like the first person perspective, you got to go back and you got to watch Bret Hart's Wrestling with Shadows documentary. When did that come out? Do you know? That came out in 97, 98. It was right after this, this oh, had happened. Wow. So, if you remember in Dark Side of the Ring, they interviewed the audio engineer that day. And that was the okay, that yeah. was the guy that put the microphone, the hidden microphone on Brett, which captured the conversation with Vince of what the outcome was gonna be and what they actually had agreed to. And of course Vince didn't hold up his end. So it makes it so tough for me to believe between that documentary all the years that have passed and the animosity that Brett held for decades it's very difficult for me to believe that this was in fact a big giant work worked the fans worked the wrestlers worked the executives worked the board I don't believe it but part of me wants it to be true because how incredible would that be? Imagine 
on its like 30th anniversary, they do a sit down, you know, and Vince is like, I fooled everybody. Part of me wants that to happen. I, I you know, I, what if Brett and all those guys are still getting paid to keep it up? What, what if that's part of a contract? It's like Bobby Bonilla still getting paid by the Mets to this day. To this You know day. what I'm saying? It keeps coming up, but what if he's still getting paid to keep the story well, up? Well, Brett would go on to become a billionaire. Well, a, a millionaire, excuse me. Vince would go on to become a millionaire. Sean would go on to become the champion and one of the, you know, single greatest performers that the industry had ever seen. So on the believability barometer, I give this one, I give it a one. So I'm on the opposite side as you, but you don't believe it. Okay. part of me wants it to be true. And I hope, I really hope that I'm wrong here. All right. All right. We're different sides, but I respect that. Let us know where you land in the comments, okay? We're going to jump into number four. And this one I think is super interesting, Dave. And number four is Vince Russo was a WWE plant sent to destroy WCW from the inside. Hmm. So you remember Vince Russo was one of the head writers for the WWE at the time. He was responsible in part for a lot of the incredible things that we saw during the Attitude Era. Bro. Bro. So it's... The theory here is that Vince McMahon in October of 1999, when Vince Russo left the WWE, he became the head writer for Ted Turner's WCW, and things quickly went on the decline. Like... The finger poke of doom happened. Uh, Jeff Jarrett laying down for Hogan. This is the reason this got company is in the shape it's in because of bull like this. And then you got the whole David Arquette fiasco and even Vince Russo putting the WCW championship title on himself. It's believed what? that, yeah, that Vince McMahon <laughs> let WCW hire Vince Russo so he could purposefully destroy their creative from the inside. Hmm. What do you think of what do you think know. about this? What is the probability of that? Because remember, this is in 1999. WWE is kind of already on the upward tick. WCW is on the downward tick. But it's like, this is the final nail in the coffin. We're gonna send yeah. him to the W. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that something you I could mean, see Vince doing? I could look. I could see him doing it. But I don't think it happened. No. And if we're just talking about believability. Believability barometer. I, I'd give it a five for believability. Okay. But I don't think that's what happened. Right. But I could easily see Vince being like, hey, we're going to fire you this whole thing. Go over there, mess it up, and then, you know, pay you out or whatever. Wow. Man, that would be, that's just. I believe it. It's fascinating to think about, right? Now, Vince yeah. Vince Russo has, has his own show, his own podcast. And the guy catches a lot of crap from a lot of people, including somebody that I really like, Jim Cornette. Those guys are just enemies <laughs> until the day they're both dead. But I don't know, man. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't believe it. I think Vince Russo maybe got a little too big for his uh, britches, so to speak, you know? And... Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to say hey you know say well hey i did it here i can go do it over there and i'm sure they were backing up the brinks truck for him dude at that point you know you, like the money must have been crazy so i just think vince russo didn't have that governor on him he didn't have that vince mcmahon to take all of these you know probably out there ideas and figure out how to mold them and how to actually make them fit into the format. So, yeah, I think I don't I don't believe this, but it's super interesting to think about. Well, what if, you know? Right. But do you believe it's possible? Because the believability of it happening, I believe it's it's very possible that it did happen, but I don't yeah. I, I don't buy it. You don't think it did? Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna put it right in the middle with a three. Now that that's an interesting one for isn't sure. Isn't it so wild to think about? 
Sending a rider. A Trojan horse, if you will. Right, I was just going to say, talk about like the ultimate Trojan horse. It's like, you know, we're going to send him in there and make them think that they act, they hired a guy out from underneath us and that it's going to hurt us. But in actuality... We got the rain sounds. I love it. Good old ASMR this, rain sounds, Dave. This has now become a, a rain sound <laughs> ASMR channel. That dude. Thanks for tuning in. That that would be a pretty cool film to watch. It's like we're gonna let I'd them think asleep, they're getting bro. our top guy, you know, our yeah. top, you know, writer per se. But really, I'm sending him in there with the worst ideas possible, so I can tank everything they're trying to build. You know what the worst idea possible would be? Is a wrestler whose name was the Trojan Horse, and every time he came out, you had to roll one of those horses out in the middle of the ring, leave it in there. The other guy comes out, like, where's the opponent? And he's just waiting around, and the horse opens up, and he pins oh, him every look time. Out. One, two, three. Worst idea ever. I just put it out there so nobody does yeah. it. So, our fifth and final WWE conspiracy theory. Okay. The heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels wasn't actually injured during the Attitude Era. So, Dave, if you remember, Shawn had a casket match with Undertaker. I believe it was at Royal Rumble 97, 98, somewhere in there. I think 98. Catches a backdrop over the top rope. Tailbone hits the corner of the casket and injures HBK. So... Let me give you what what they have here, okay? Shawn Michaels is one of the biggest names of the new generation era, so to speak. That was when the Hogan's and Machos kind of went away and your Bretts and your Shawns and your Takers started to kind of come into their, you know, spotlight 94, 95-ish. Now, Shawn's in-ring in career came to an un unexpected end in the late 90s. But since then he made sporadic appearances. I think he showed up as the commissioner for a while. He was a special guest referee for a while. But a user on Reddit claims that Shawn Michaels didn't actually have a career-threatening back injury. He says the truth of it is that Vince McMahon put him on the payroll to allow him and his body to rest after dedicating more than a decade to the WWE. And this was also done, more importantly, to prevent Shawn Michaels from signing to WCW. Oh. To keep him interested. Where on the believability barometer do you think this conspiracy theory lands? One through five. I... Believability, I think it's a... I think it's a two. Yeah. I think he got hurt. I think he's hurt. I, I just have seen so much wrestling and now so much behind the scenes to know that even the simplest of falls, you can hurt yourself seriously. Yeah. So if he took that fall, that did not look good. No, it was nasty. You know, just to play devil's advocate right here, because again, I don't really buy into this either, but it is interesting to kind of think about. Yeah. Shawn Michaels allegedly had, you know, faked injuries before to get out of, you know, losing a title or whatever his reasons may have been at the time. Losing his smile and that whole thing. If you ask Bret Hart, that was all just a bunch of BS. But as f I, I couldn't imagine, like, faking a serious back injury like that for all this time. But then think about this, Dave. Sean returns in, what, 2002 or so and has that, you know, unsanctioned street fight with Triple H. They tear the house down. Unbelievable match. Literally looked like Sean hadn't lost a single step. And then your guys like The Rock are starting to good drift off to Hollywood. Stone Cold's around a little bit less. And then look who's back. Look who's back in the, you know, main event picture. Look who's back in the spotlight. The heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. I, I don't know. I still just think he got hurt. Same. And, you know, but you spin a pretty good tail. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, just give you the, like, <laughs> wait a damn second, you know, kind of approach. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't I don't buy this one either. Uh, I don't even think that it would be an, an elaborate scheme to even come up with. It just wouldn't make sense. Like, no. 
why wouldn't Vince McMahon and the WWE want one of their more you know most talented performers ever to be available to go? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm gonna give that a one for sure, a one. Yeah, it's not helping the bottom no. line. So there you have it, our WWE conspiracy theories. I definitely want to know where you land on these because as out there as some of them might be, if you allow yourself to think about it long enough, you'll convince yourself that they're true. So be very careful. Yeah, tread lightly, but those were good. I, I know there's more, but the, I feel like you picked out a, a solid five. Yeah, there were there were a bunch, um, and I and I went through a bunch of different uh, articles and websites and. These were the ones that I thought would be the most fun. These were the ones that I thought were the most out there. But then again, if you start to really try to think about it, you can convince yourself. So I wanted to present the ones to you and to our audience that would make you kind of think a little bit. Like, no, no way. Wait a second. Hold on. Could that and just, you know, drive yourself a little bit crazy. So it got got me thinking. Yeah, it got me thinking, that's for sure. What's, um, uh, what you just interviewed Charlotte Flair, right? I did. You got to talk about oh, that. Man. I'm like, man, burying the lead because I'm like, wrestling, why did we want to do wrestling? Oh, that's right. You had a sick interview. Dude, yeah, I got to get on the phone and talk to the 14 time WWE Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Woo! So the WWE is going to be here in Denver on the 26th for a super show at ball arena. And next week I actually start a promotion on the air where you can sit ringside with me for the show. So I'm pretty pumped about this. What with your boy, let's go get out here. Let's go. So, Oh man, I got to win the contest. Right. So I got to talk to Charlotte about, uh, kind of about the show, about what's happening on TV, who her opponent will be when she's here what to expect, and then we talked a little bit about WrestleMania because Charlotte's going to be defending her title against Rhea Ripley. This is going to be a big, big match, and this match has happened before at Mania, so I got to talk to her a little bit about that, and just, it was very chill. It was very kind of, you know, go with the flow, promote the show. Um, That rhymed. I didn't mean for it to. But if you want to, yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask, like, how? So when you're interviewing someone who is famous, who has notoriety, how do you approach your prep for that? And then what do you do? You know, the day of. I think people are probably curious as to, you know, do you get nervous, like, or is this just old hat for you? Uh, old hat, it is not. You know, I get to, I get to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of musicians and you know, like, celebrities, and honestly, a lot of that is just work. But when I get to talk to somebody that I'm genuinely a big fan of, like I've been a a pro wrestling fan my whole life, Charlotte Flair will probably go down as the single greatest female performer that we've ever seen, certainly in our lifetime. So being able to talk to her, I was definitely a little bit nervous going in. But what helped me is it changed from a Zoom to just a straight up phone call. Okay, so it's a little less pressure. You don't have to see Charlotte Flair on the other side of the camera. Right, which is just intimidating, you know? And on the phone, you can kind of be anybody you want to be, just like on the air. So I got to just be that, you know, super upbeat and fun. And they're like, JR, you're on the line with Charlotte. I'm just like, no way, Queen, what's I'm bowing to you right now with this, you know, and just get her laughing and excited. And yeah, we had a pretty cool conversation. And I'd love to insert that into the show for the audience to be able to hear. Well, look, y'all are getting a treat. Here's the interview JR just did with Charlotte Flair. Hey, JR, you're on with Charlotte. Get out of here, dude. What? <laughs> the, you, Charlotte, you can't uh, see this. I'm bowing down in the hit studio right now for you. Well, I'm, I'm smiling with a big <laughs> grin. I'm so pumped about this. Me. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to the Hits Hangout. You're hanging with homie. My name is JR. Right now, bound down, not worthy, because I'm joined by a very special guest. She is the 14-time WWE Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. How's it going, girl? Um, It's going. It's WrestleMania season. (laughs) The best time of the year. It's like Christmas. Yes. 
living my best life. I love that. <laughs> Where in the world is Charlotte Flair right now? I am sitting in a hotel lobby of a Marriott by the airport in Pittsburgh. I love it. So Pittsburgh now, but in a couple of weeks. It'll be Denver. Denver, let's go. Yes. I'm excited. Denver's so beautiful. What can uh what can the Mile High City expect from Charlotte on March twenty sixth here at the Super Show? Well they can expect me kicking Sonia Deville's butt. Yes. That's for sure. <laughs> How obnoxious is Sonia Deville, huh? Uh she's up there. She's up there. <laughs> You're either battling with her or you're battling with Dominic. I'm like, dude, get out of the ring. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. Leave it to the adults, Dom. Sit it, down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, he has been to jail recently, so he thinks he's hard all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, you guys kill me. So uh, let's see. Let's see here. Now, Charlotte, aside from the Super Show on the 26th, we mentioned WrestleMania season, biggest time of the year. Now, you've beaten Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania before. But going into it this time, you know, she's grown a little, you've grown a little. What has kind of changed? Or do you kind of go in like, I'm the champ, you you have to beat me? I don't think much has changed, but yeah, that's kind of where my mind's at. Like, I don't need to beat you. You need to beat me. You know what they you say. You need to show me that you can do it. To be the man, you got to beat the man, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I've never heard that phrase. Now, coming in, of course not. <laughs> so you always bring it... Uh, especially at WrestleMania, and I just wanted to tell you, side note, you have one of the greatest Mania entrances ever. Girl, you flew in on a helicopter just a few years ago. I know. How crazy is that? Uh, there's a clip that one of my friends shot of me just bowing down to the screen, and I'm like, you guys don't understand how cool this is. How am I going to top that? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out how, because I'm, I'm sure you will. Yeah, me too. Maybe I'll just come out like a, a race car or something. That could be dope. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. Know. Yeah, no, the entrances have been great, but the helicopter was probably the coolest. Absolutely. So you've been Raw Women's Champion. You've been SmackDown Women's Champion, NXT Women's Champion. You've main evented WrestleMania. Girl, like, what is left for you to do? What do you what do you have your eyes on right now? I guess just making the most of every opportunity. And when I get to be on the camera, just enjoying it. I was so uptight for so many years. Now it's just like, I'm here to get my flowers, guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I just, I grow so much every year as a performer. I really enjoyed the level of calmness and confidence and ability to enjoy the audience while I'm out there when before, you know, maybe sometimes my nerves got the best of me or I wasn't in the moment. And now every time I, I'm out there, I just, I'm really enjoying this phase of my career. I love that for you. Every time you're on screen, it is captivating TV. And us here in Denver, we cannot wait to see you. March 26th for the Super Show, right on the road to WrestleMania, one of the final stops before Mania, the big two-night event out in Los Angeles. And, uh, yeah, Charlotte, this is this is just super cool for me. I've been a fan of yours for a long, long time. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the support. and looking forward to Denver. Yeah, so any final words for the Mile High City? For the Mile High City, well, it's the road to WrestleMania. Expect a packed premium live event, entertainment for all ages, and your favorite superstars. And definitely you can count on Charlotte Flair winning at the end. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So last thing before you go, I need you to kind of, uh, you know, tell Sonya Deville what's going to happen to her when she steps inside that ring with you. Sonya, you're going to bow down. Hello? Bow down. Might as well just bow down even before your entrance. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I'll for at least you. give her a shot. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for you to get your hands on her. Charlotte, this has been incredible. Can't wait to see you March 26th at the Super Show. Ball Arena here in Denver. Tickets available now. Go to hits957.com for more details on that. This just crossed a big thing off my bucket list. Talking to you has been incredible. Thank you again. Thank you so much, sir. Talk to you soon, Charlotte. Woo! Bye. That... <laughs> that was cool. Well done. You, yeah, and you know what? Your presence in the interview, I think a lot of people don't realize that, is the interviewer needs to, even even with somebody like Charlotte, who's used to doing a lot of media, you got to keep those people comfortable. We got her laughing. And just, you know, this isn't just another 15 minutes of, oh, my gosh, I have to talk to so-and-so. Yeah. It was a good part of her day. Right. And, you know, she's doing these for a couple hours straight. So I'm thinking like, how can I make what I'm going to do stand out and be different from what she's doing before? 
And I think one of the things that, and I was talking to one of our pals about this, one of the things that made it different is that I'm genuinely a huge fan of this stuff my whole life. So I really think, and I really hope that came across in the conversation. I tried to, you know, I tried to steer things for her. I tried to do all the heavy lifting per se and make it just real easy. And quickly I threw that into my iHeartRadio podcast, Cool to Be You, put it into a blog. Charlotte retweeted the blog. Let's go. Dude, I lost it. At first I thought it was a like, and I was like, wait a minute, where are all these other likes coming from? And then I found out that she had retweeted it. Dude, I fanboyed so hard. I was freaking (laughs) out. I was so excited. And the best part about this is I've secured a second one for us, maybe a third. Oh, okay. You don't even know about the third one yet, but... Oh, man, I don't even know about that. The second one is supposed to be a Zoom with the first ever female Grand Slam champion and the head of the damage control, Bailey. Oh, let's do it. Let's go. A couple weeks from now, I'm going to be talking You're to Bailey, one of, my, one of my favorite female performers ever. She's the best to me. Hey, so when they do a Zoom, I'm guessing they send you a link? They want us to send it to them. Oh, great. Home field I advantage. said, perfect. Perfect. Me and you are going to get to talk to Bailey, dude. Dude, that's so cool. Yep. This is, see, look, another addition to hanging with homie, we get to hang with WWE superstars. Where else do you get that? I'm so lucky, dude. It's just, you know, it's just, it's so cool. It's like, I, like I mentioned, I get to meet a lot of really cool people, but when like WWE's in town and I'm like, hey, they're like, hey, these are the, you know, acts that we have open. These are the times that they're open. And I'm like, well, I want to do all of them. You know, I want to talk to all of these people. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'd yeah. love to try to get us access before the event to just go in there and meet them and just shoot the breeze and take pictures and just, man, that would just be the best. Speaking of pictures, this one time, it was 2019, I think, and me and Max were flying to Phoenix and he was, I think, speaking at an event. Yeah. And I think we were flying from down here somewhere near Mississippi. Maybe we were even flying out of Pensacola. So we're flying to Arizona, and I sit down, and I had a middle seat, which I was like, ah, man, middle seat. It's a long flight. Yeah. But then these two dudes with neck pillows walk on, and they're kind of buff. And I'm, like, kind of paying attention. And one of them sits down next to me, and it's Daniel Bryan. What? And I'm like, yo, it's Daniel Bryan. But he had his headphones in, and he was, you know, trying to sleep. And I kind of gave him a nod, like, dude, like, respect. And then he went to bed. He put out the tray table and just, like, slept. He was out. And I wanted to ask him for, you know, a picture. But I I know these these guys, the wrestlers, like, they're on the road all the time. And had it been a different situation, like, had he been walking in the airport, I might have tried to stop him for it. But I'm like, this is his chance to rest. Going to let him rest. The other guy behind him was Dolph Ziggler. Dude, zigzag, let's go. Yeah, and I was like, yo, I'm on the play with some WWE superstars. This is sweet. That's so cool, man. Yeah, so I was like, I could have touched his shoulder, but I, you know, I felt like invading his privacy. I didn't want to right, do that, like, but I could have. let the man sleep. Could have been yeah. like, is he real? Is he, yep, he's strong. Okay. He just rocked like a uh, arena of like 20,000 people the night before. Dude's toast. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there I was just on an airplane with a real wrestler. That's not the only celebrity that you've met on an airplane. Didn't you tell me you met Ja Rule no. before? Was I that did. you? When me and me and Ryan were kids. It's like murder. 11, 12. No, maybe I was 13, he was 11. So here's what happened. We're flying to Disney World. Lucky. We, we finally got, we were like, Dad, please take us to Disney World. So he's like, okay. So we got to go. And I think he was, of course, doing some postcard stuff because that's what he yep. does. So we fly down to, I think we had to go to Jacksonville and then from Jacksonville to Orlando. So a short flight. And we get on the plane and we're sitting toward the front. I guess we're in like seat 10 or 11. And then this whole crew is like walking on the plane, like it's like FUBU and, you know, Sean John and all this like, you know, the, the typical early 2000s hip hop yeah. gear. 
And me and Ryan are like, yo, what is going on? And then <laughs> sitting, so sitting next to me was somebody in the crew, don't know who, but in front, Ashanti was in the first what? row. And next to her was Ja Rule. And then behind my brother was Mr. Cheeks. Bro. Who had that song, Lights, Camera, Lights, action. Camera, Action. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And Mr. Cheeks somehow convinced my brother to switch seats with him. And he, like, autographed his boarding pass. That's so cool, man. Right? And I was like, yo, this is wild. What? And the, the guy sitting next to me, I don't think he had a sidekick, but he had one of those early, like, T9, Blackberry. I was like, dude, that's the coolest phone I've, like, ever seen. Wow. And then next to him, somebody's eating Popeyes. Everything spelled like chicken <laughs> in the front. And I was, like, getting hungry. That's I awesome. I was like, man, I'm starving. So we get off the plane, and... That's when I finally see Ja Rule. He's like waiting for everybody else. I'm like, yo, Ja Rule, like what? Can I get an autograph? So he autographed the boarding pass. I got Mr. So Cheeks just for perspective and ja Rule. real quick, back then it was more about the signature than it was the selfie. Not like that wasn't a thing. Because nobody had phones with cameras. Yeah. And if you had a if you had a camera, yeah, you'd be like, Oh, I have a disposable camera. Can I get hey dad, can you take a picture of us? And I remember being like the same height as Ja Rule or like very close bro. to it at that age. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Like, but I was, it was so like starstruck. That was, I think one of the first moments I was like, wow, wow. this person's on MTV all the time. This is crazy that they're standing in yeah, front of me. Yeah, that's so freaking cool, man. I'm glad you, you, you remembered that. I haven't talked about that story in a while. I, and I know I still have the autograph that's somewhere. That's so dope. I remember... I'd see, I never met like a Ja Rule or anybody like that on a, on a flight before, but one time going through security, and this is a deep cut because I just recently started re-watching the show. I picked up Friday Night Lights on Blu-ray. Great show. I was leaving Nashville. I'm trying to remember where I was going. I think I was going to visit Maine. And I bumped into the guy... I didn't go up to him because I, I didn't want to be that dude, you know. But I'm 99.9% confident. I bumped into the the guy that played Luke Cafferty. His name is Matt Laria. Saw him going through security in the Nashville airport. And I was like, damn. I even, like, opened up my phone. I'm like, yo, is this? Because he was a really cool character later in the show. I was like, this has to be him, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just looked 99.9% sure it was him just as an adult now, rather than, you know, probably 19, 20 year old playing a 15 year old. But yeah, that's kind of the only Dude. person I've ever bumped into at the airport before. You've literally bumped into him. Yeah, it was cool, man. <laughs> We're both going through like security. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I remember he, yeah, had, he had this yeah. like big belt buckle. Winning Nashville. When, what what in Music City, but Gotta have a yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't I haven't really bumped into anybody at the airport like that before. Do you think that because of your and my background and making music and making videos and being in the entertainment industry and then meeting and working with famous people too, that you're kind of desensitized to being in their presence? You just think, yeah. I now know this is just a person like me. Well, let me break it down for you like this. I remember opening for the Chainsmokers at the State Theater in Portland, Maine, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember hanging out with them before the show. And this was, I'm trying to remember when this was, like 2014, 2015 maybe 14 probably so let me take a selfie so that was like the big song of theirs but just then. had blown up right they hadn't even yeah. dropped like closer with halsey i don't think like that stuff even had come out yet but it may have but i remember talking to him because it was just it was just cool to me because it was you know a guy from maine that was doing it and you know us mainers were we're always supporting other mainers like it's 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 a big deal so I remember talking to Alex and he was like, and it, it was, it was so cool. What he said to me, he goes, we're just trying to hang on to this as long as we can. 
And then I was like, wow, you know, like these, these people are just regular people just trying to chase after what they're after, just like us. So it's just, that's such a great perspective to have knowing, all right, we had this big hit. That might be it. But if we get more, I'm going to appreciate more. Yep. He said, we're just trying to ride this out as long as we can, because you know, in the back of your mind that nothing's forever. I know that radio isn't forever, you know? Yeah. I, I probably won't. It's, it's, it's hard to say, but I've almost been in radio 10 years. I don't see myself being in it another 10 years, you know? I, I just mm. don't. So it's like we're just trying to make the most of what we have now and just maybe maybe that is the thing. Maybe hang on to it as long as we can or maybe – the other side of that is make the most of it while we can, you know? I think both apply well. I, that's such a that's such a cool story. Yeah, yeah to, to hear, to get that the proximity. So, and I wanted to ask you that because I'm trying to tell everybody listening and watching that I would say, I even met Will Smith and worked with him on a quick shoot one wow. time. Wow. And Jaden. That's cool. And they, they were both super nice. They was And, of course, because he's doing press, and it was one of those things where, you know, you go in, you get 15 minutes, the next crew goes in, he stays at the setup. They were doing it for their water brand. Okay. Um, which is lost on me right now, the name of the water brand. I don't know. We'll, um, I just want to look it up so I get it I right. do know that last water. year I did an endorsement for Bel Air Season 1. Dude, and they, nice. they sent me the dopest Bel Air swag, like hoodie and hats and shirts. It was awesome. That show I have yet to watch. Let me tell you how damn wild that show is really quick. It's, so it was just just, just water. water. It's okay. like a, a, a paper recycled kind of like, it's like a mini milk carton that the water right. in. That's the best way to describe well, it. Well, Carlton is addicted to pills. And Jeffrey the wow. Jeffrey the Butler out the gate. Jeffrey the Butler isn't a butler. He is a hitman. Oh. Jeffrey the Butler is a hitman. Dude, what? It's nuts. Season two just started airing. I just watched the first episode. I think they're on three or four right now. But dude, yeah. it's a wild show. It is a far left from what the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was, but by design. That's good. I'm glad when they're it sounds like at least with this reboot, they're not just, hey, let's just recreate everything that already yeah. happened. Like, no, we're going to use the origin story, but we're going to tell it a different story with so it. So you got to sit in there with him for a while and kind of chop it up. It was really cool. I was working a camera and I was setting up, I think it was a two or three camera shoot for a quick interview. I was working for BevNet. And so they were asking, it was an interview about like water, like what is, you know, special about the water? Why are you doing this? Is this your project? And then after I remember thinking to be smart, I'm like, I'm going to set up a camera behind me to roll BTS because yep. I want to get this on. You talk about making the most out of just that short window of time. That's what you do, man. It's what you got to do. And so I have a clip of me uh, stopping the record and like shaking his hand and shaking Jaden's hand. And I'm just like, I got it. That's so I cool. like walk off and I'm like, ah, yes, dude. That, yeah. So that was it. Yeah. So yeah. What, what I'm trying to say is like 99% of people you're going to meet that are famous or they're just normal people. Yep. I haven't come across someone who is like super out there yet. I, I mean, as far as like, whoa, I'm not talking to you or you're not like here with right. me talking. I haven't run into that. I've only, yet. I've only, and I'm not going to, drop their name because I'm still employed in broadcasting, but I've only come across <laughs> one person, uh, a musician that I wanted to punch in the mouth more than anything, Man. dude, more than anything. <laughs> like that scene in Step Brothers. I just want to punch you right yeah. now. It's just, is there anything I can do about that? <laughs> nah, it's just your face. I just really want to punch it. Yeah. So once I'm out of the industry, I'll, I'll, I'll disclose who that was, but <laughs> more, more to come yeah. at a later, maybe episode 200. Right. Golly. We'll see. Next week is episode 10. And we promised ourselves Q and A, yeah, bro. after how successful the episode five Q and A was that we were going to do another one. So 
please. Mrs. Buttersworth. Yeah. If you're listening, we need more yep. of the good commentary. Vicky, Ropers, Kat, Daniel, anybody listening to the show, Chris, send us an audio message for next week. We will play it on the show. And we will give you the best answer that we can. Dude, I'm looking forward to episode 10. And think about that. 10 episodes next week will be 10 episodes deep. Just like that. Just like that. For Dave, (laughs) I'm JR. This has been Hanging with Homie. We'll catch you next week. Get in those questions, okay? And remember, it's cool to be you. Peace. Peace.